0: This is the last chapter in that section of the book of Exodus that basically repeats material from earlier in the book. Chapters 35 to 39 largely repeat material first introduced in chapters 25 to 31. In chapters 25 to 31, the material is given in the form of commands. Build this. Manufacture that. Whereas in chapters 35 to 39, we have the record of construction. So it is the same material, but it is presented in a slightly different way. They built this. They made that. And the key line, which is repeated several times in this chapter, is the statement that everything that was done was done precisely as the Lord commanded Moses. You will hear some version of that expression seven times in this chapter alone. And of course, there's a life lesson there for us. Very often, God uses a season of spectacular sin and apostasy to instill in us an appropriate fear and loathing toward idolatry and rebellion. Sometimes, human beings have to fail, and they have to be allowed to fail, before they hate sin and love precise obedience. Precise obedience feels like a burden— until you have done things your way and almost made shipwreck of your life, then all of a sudden, precise obedience is a joy. And that is exactly what is happening in this chapter. The people are delighting to do exactly as the Lord commanded Moses. Thanks be to God. We'll begin reading the story at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. From the blue and purple and scarlet yarns they made finely woven garments for ministering in the holy place. They made the holy garments for Aaron, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He made the effort of gold, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, and they hammered out gold leaf, and he cut it into threads to work into the blue and purple and the scarlet yarns and into the fine twined linen in skilled design. They made for the effort attaching shoulder pieces, joined to it at its two edges. And the skillfully woven band on it was of one piece with it, and made like it, of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, as the Lord had commanded Moses. They made the onyx stones, Enclosed in settings of gold filigree. And engraved like the engravings of a signet. According to the names of the sons of Israel. And he set them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod. To be stones of remembrance for the sons of Israel. As the Lord had commanded Moses. Chapter 39 as a whole. Corresponds quite closely with chapter 28 as a whole. Again in chapter 28 you get the instructions. And then here in chapter 39, you get the precise obedience to those instructions. Everything is being done just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Thanks be to God. The content in this particular paragraph corresponds to the instructions given in Exodus 28 verses 2 to 14. In both cases, the colors mentioned, gold, blue, purple, and scarlet, were all associated with royalty back in those days. So these are royal vestments being made for priests who will function like household servants. That's the irony or the oddity, however you want to conceive of it. The priests in the kingdom of God are dressed like kings, but they function like servants. There is dignity and there is humility. To the first-time visitor, the priest would look like a prince, and yet he would be trimming lamps and turning meat on the barbecue, tasks that normally would be conducted by a servant. So the visitor would wonder, what sort of kingdom is this? Because there was nothing quite like it anywhere else on planet Earth. And of course, that prepares us, doesn't it, for some of the odd things that Jesus said about leadership in the kingdom of God. He said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. So things are different here in the house of Yahweh. Thanks be to God. We carry on with the story in verse 8. He made the breastpiece in skilled work, in the style of the effort of gold, blue and purple, and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen. It was square. They made the breastpiece doubled a span its length, and a span its breadth when doubled. And they set in it four rows of stones. A row of sardius, topaz, and carbuncle was the first row, and the second row an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond, and the third row a jacinth, an agite, and an amethyst, and the fourth row a barrow, an onyx, and a jasper. They were enclosed in settings of gold filigree. There were 12 stones with their names according to the names of the sons of Israel. They were like signets, each engraved with its name for the 12 tribes. And they made on the breastpiece twisted chains like cords of pure gold. And they made two settings of gold filigree and two gold rings and put the two rings on the two edges of the breastpiece. And they put the two cords of gold in the two rings at the edges of the breastpiece. They attached the two ends of the two cords to the two settings of filigree. Thus they attached it in front to the shoulder pieces of the ephod. Then they made two rings of gold and put them at the two ends of the breastpiece on its inside edge next to the ephod. And they made two rings of gold and attached them in front to the lower part of the two shoulder pieces of the ephod, at its seam above the skillfully woven band of the ephod. And they bound the breastpiece by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue, so that it should lie on the skillfully woven band of the ephod, and that the breastpiece should not come loose from the ephod, as the Lord had commanded Moses. This section here, dealing with the manufacture of the breast piece, corresponds to Exodus 28, 15 to 28. This section is actually almost a verbatim duplication of that content in chapter 28. The only real difference being the verb tenses. You will recall from that chapter that the breast piece was basically a square pouch decorated with 12 precious stones, each stone representing one of the 12 tribes. The pouch itself held the Urim and Thummim, which were used in some way to determine the will of God when the will of God was not clearly known from Scripture. When the Israelites needed to know, should we attack that hill over there? Or should we make an alliance with this particular foreign nation? They were supposed to consult the Urim and Thummim. Now, we aren't exactly sure how that worked, but by means of this process, the high priest was able to determine the direction of the Lord. Regardless of the fine details, the basic symbolism of the breastplate is pretty straightforward. It is a reminder of the essential nature of the priesthood. A priest, and particularly the high priest, spoke to God on behalf of the people and to people on behalf of God. And, of course, all of that symbolism lands climactically upon the person of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. He is our great high priest. He speaks to God on our behalf. He ever lives before the Father to make intercession for us, according to Hebrews 7.25. And, of course, he speaks the word of God to us. He is the word of God to us. So, this symbolism again, despite some of the confusion around the fine details, points obviously and gloriously to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. We jump back into the story at verse 22. He also made the robe of the ephod woven all of blue, and the opening of the robe in it was like the opening in a garment with a binding around the opening so that it might not tear. On the hem of the robe, they made pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. They also made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates all around the hem of the robe, between the pomegranates. A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate around the hem of the robe for ministering as the Lord had commanded Moses. This section corresponds to the instructions given in Exodus 28, 31 to 35. These verses now describe the manufacture of the robe over which the ephod vest was worn. As you will recall, there were little bells sewn into the hem of the robe. And we imagine that these bells were to announce the movements of the priests inside that part of the tabernacle complex where the regular worshipers could never go. We jump back into the text at verse 27. They also made the coats woven of fine linen for Aaron and his sons, and the turban of fine linen, and the caps of fine linen, and the linen undergarments of fine twined linen, and the sash of fine twined linen, and of blue and purple and scarlet yarns embroidered with needlework, as the Lord had commanded moses they made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote on it an inscription like the engraving of a signet holy to the lord and they tied to it a cord of blue to fasten it on the turban above as the lord had commanded moses these verses correspond to the instructions given in exodus 28:36 to 43 and they describe the manufacture of the tunics and turban. Finally, in the concluding section, we hear about Moses' inspection of all the assembled and prepared items and materials. We pick up the story at verse 32. Thus, all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished, and the people of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. Then they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its utensils, its hooks, its frames, its bars, its pillars, and its bases, the covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins, and the veil of the screen, the ark of the testimony with its poles and the mercy seat, the table with all its utensils and the bread of the presence, the lampstand of pure gold and its lamps with the lamps set and all its utensils, and the oil for the light the golden altar, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the entrance of the tent, the bronze altar and its grating of bronze, its poles and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gate of the court, its cords and its pegs, and all the utensils for the service of the tabernacle for the tent of meeting. The finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So the people of Israel had done all the work. And Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. So had they done it. Then Moses blessed them it'd be difficult to miss the central idea being communicated here. The people did precisely as the Lord had commanded. Then Moses blessed them. When everything is set up the way it is supposed to be, then blessings flow down and go out the way they were meant to do. God can always be relied on, But you need a covenant mediator doing what he is supposed to do, and you need a covenant community doing what they are supposed to do. And for this moment, in this snapshot, everything is functioning the way it should. Instructions have been given and followed to the letter. The people have done just as the Lord commanded them, and they are blessed. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into of the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting a mission project that is very close to my heart. The Letha Daycare Outreach Project is a church-based educational program designed to teach literacy, support low-income families, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with boys and girls in rural South Africa. I've seen this project with my own eyes. I have shaken the hands of parents whose families have been helped. I have heard the songs and Bible verses out of the mouths of some of these dear children as they have been taught and helped to put their trust in the Lord. And nothing would be more gratifying to me than for you to show your appreciation for In of the Word by investing in these little ones. You can do that in one of two ways. You can give through the In of the Word app or by visiting the Into the Word website at IntoTheWord.ca. Just click on the Give tab, and you'll find giving options for both Canadian and American listeners. This is a registered project with ABWE Canada and ABWE USA, so tax receipts are available to all eligible donors. Just identify where you're listening from and click on the Fund button and select Letha Daycare Outreach.